It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio. The voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise. With the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Call in at 402-489-1240 or at 800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Can uh, watch the show and stream us as always, KFORnow.com. Uh, Husker Baseball going on up on our uh, affiliate 590. We'll get you caught up with Husker Baseball thoughts. It's not been good. Uh, that's not uttered that often, San Diego equal bad. No, not usually, but it's been that way for Husker baseball. But, man, Husker basketball, you are still smiling. You are still grinning with an overtime adventure against Maryland, 70-66. to 66. PBA was incredible. We'll uh, hear about that uh, from Coach Hoiberg. Bo Reed will stop by, get his take on just the, the transition uh, this team has had to make, and they've well, really done a, a just an incredible job their last seven. I know they're four and three, but it's about how they've done their work. Short, uh, short-handed, undermanned, and they just keep fighting. Numbers to get in today at 402-489-1240. 402-489-1240 if you want to join the show or can send an email, chris at Varsity. Dot com. Stream us, Hale Varsity YouTube channel. You can watch the show with Hale Varsity's Twitter at HVarsity Radio. And, of course, uh, on the KFOR Twitter handle. Elijah, man, uh, there's been a, a lot of moments in PBA. There's a lot of moments in Nebraska basketball where you, uh, you're you in that, that pressure cooker environment. You feel and feed off the energy, the fan base wants it and wants to will it so bad and you have a basketball team that is reciprocating with effort intelligence heart toughness grit i mean go through all the superlatives and i know maryland's a a seven seed right now but you've seen this team time and time again undermanned rise to the occasion Uh, there's a a movie scene that's pretty famous and it's on it feels like 24-7, and that is Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation where Cousin Eddie's shopping with Clark at Walmart, and <laughs> Clark's like, look, we want to we wanna help you out this Christmas season, Ed. You know, Eddie's reaching for snots as Alpo, right? He's breaking glass ornaments that uh, Clark had picked out for the tree and you hear all this glass breaking and Eddie's grabbing 40 pound after 40 pound bag of dog food and throwing it in the cart and uh, Ed we're going to get you uh, Christmas this year and and Cousin Eddie knew that that Clark's a sucker so he had a list (laughs) he had a list for you (laughs) 
<laughs> Clark, get, some, get something for you real nice. But it's a real nice surprise. And, and Nebraska basketball keeps surprising. And maybe they'll just turn you into believers. Don't know. There's still three games left. Um, you have a road trip to Iowa. To end the year, Sparty comes in the 28th. We'll be down at Rosie's downtown Lincoln for that on the 28th. And of course, you got some breathing room between now and Minnesota. Minnesota is a team that you need to beat, right? Don't rest on your laurels, keep the intensity. Uh, but man, what a ball game. And you had heroes. You had Derek Walker from the free throw line, Derek Walker in ISO. You had uh, Sam Greasel uh, really uh, kind of take over uh, the latter part of. Regulation, And you had Sam Hoiberg, who's not just, oh, what a sweet, cute story. It's the coach's kid. He's a good basketball player, and he's a smart basketball player. And he gives up his body, he uses his mind, and he's hit some big shots when given moments, nine points off the bench. Uh, Kata has been a man down low. And whether you're getting two minutes or 12 minutes off this Nebraska bench, they have, uh, as a unit, they've been so cohesive. Kisi Tomanaga's been on a mother of a heater, uh, equaling what Ty Lue has done, and the, the first Husker to have five straight 20-point games. But it was awesome, man. It was awesome. I went yesterday. Big thanks and shout-out to Calvin uh, for, for hooking me and Cousin Nate up with tickets. Saw Navat, saw a bunch of folks that like listening to the show. It was, it was awesome to be down there and experience it because when Nebraska basketball gets hot, there is nothing like it. Football's football. Baseball is is clearly important and a lot of fun. But when Nebraska basketball is winning and they're doing some special things, man, there, there is nothing like that energy inside PBA and you got to experience it. Uh, hopefully in person at PBA or uh, the great Kevin Kugler and, and Nick Baugh calling it on FS1 yesterday. But, man, that was that was a good time. That was an absolute good time, and Nebraska continues to reward. I'm going to say this. You can call that a hot take. You can say I'm caught up in the moment. Have you ever had a coach of the year given to somebody who's 500 and uh, – overall and and below 500 or right at 500 in league play can we talk about that for a second we, we've gone from well is fred gonna get another year to oh wow they won at rutgers oh huh, they came back from 17 down against wisconsin hey they beat penn state they've gone from kind of surprising you that they won that to now how have they done that and and i think your your coach of the year Front runners are, are probably it's got to be Chris Collins. From Chris, Col- Chris Collins, right? Maryland was picked tenth in the league preseason. Okay, uh, Painter's always going to get votes because Purdue's money. Uh, Mike Woodson, Indiana. Indiana's kind of restored what they've been. They're a lot tougher of a team than they've typically been. But I think if you go peer to peer, it isn't even a contest. I think if you go poll coaches in the Big Ten, who does your vote go to? It's Fred Hoiberg. They get it. They get the injury situation. They get the the roster and um, the, the management that's had to go into this. They understand it. it. He'd win in a landslide, and he deserves it at this point in the season. Right now, I know there's three games left, but if you go pull the rest of the Big Ten, they are going to absolutely, I would bet money, your money and mine, Elijah, 
and say they would they would give Fred Hoiberg the nod. What he's done and what this team has done is incredible. It's one win. I know they've won three straight. There's the moment we can be caught up in, but enjoy it. It's fun. It hasn't happened all that often, but you feel like things have truly shifted and you're happy for this team. You're excited for next Saturday. You're excited for Sparty on a week from tomorrow. And uh, we'll see where things are uh, with, with Iowa at the end of the year. If they could get to 500, the NIT, that'd be awesome. Uh, dreaming even bigger with a uh, Jimmy V tribute uh, 40 years later. Who knows? Well, you'd have to go do something pretty special in the Big you, Ten tournament for that to happen. No, you, I know. you have to you have to win out the regular season, then probably and then, get and then at least two. You, you were talking about an eight game heater. <laughs> this team's hot. No, this, I know this team's hot. And, and as you said, I, I'm not sure I'd go far as far as to say Coach Hoiberg deserves Coach of the Year in the Big Ten as right now, but he at least deserves Coach of the Month of February. With, and with I, I'm the with roster, you. with the, I mean, listen, am I, am I am I too in the moment here? I'm sorry, but listen, they're screwed. They've been screwed with their two best defenders. Who do they got on offense? Kisei's gotten hot, and that's kind of been miraculous. Like, he's been a role guy. Well, let's, let's not forget that the fact that two injuries potentially derailing your entire season is also a little bit of an indictment of the coaching staff because bringing in talent is a part of being coach of right, the you year. Should, you shouldn't but, be screwed but based you've on here four years. I get it. Based get on it. the talent that he has, the coaching job Fred Hoiberg has done, he, he's done the best coaching job in the Big Ten. I don't think that's contestable right now, but there are other factors to that coach of the year discussion. I'll just say, I think Fred Hoiberg at least deserves coach of the month of February. I think that's a fair down-the-middle assessment. pump the brakes, Schmidt. Uh, I'm just saying that the fact that that this roster looks how it does right now in year four is an indictment of of, of Fred Hoiberg's tenure you, in Nebraska. You, you better make some chicken salad, is what you're telling me. That's basically what I'm saying. Yeah, is you better make some chicken salad with what you what you got. And, and that, he's done that. That's so good. He's done that. He has done that that's, in the month of February. He's got fun. this team playing um, incredibly. And whenever you watch a game like yesterday. The talent differential, which I believe to 100% be there. I believe Maryland is a Maryland's much better basketball nuts. team than Nebraska. But based, if you just watched that, if you didn't have any context to the season, if you couldn't see the records down in the score bug, if you had no idea what was going on before the season, and you watched that game yesterday, I think 9 out of 10 fans would say, yeah, Nebraska was the better team. They got the win, they had the home crowd, and they looked better most of the way through, aside from a stretch uh, about... 17 minutes to 8 minutes. In, in, in eight, the second eight, half. 8 minute stretch of no baskets. Yes. You, you go 3 of 16 from three-point land. When, when your two remaining best players, Greasel and Walker, have to go to the bench, which, again... With foul trouble. Again, mm-hmm. a, a bit of an indictment on the coaching staff, but that's not where I want to go you here. Fixed because, you fixed it. Because you've, you're you've, able to build a roster that plays in a way that represents the state of Nebraska. Something I said last week where the state of Nebraska is proud of this basketball team. You know why they're showing up in droves for a sub-500 team? Because of the way that Fred Hoiberg has those guys play. And let's not just give all the credit to Fred Hoiberg. It's the way these guys have responded as well. Mm-hmm. It would have been easy to roll over with Bandamel and Gary going out and then you go on a losing streak. You know what? You roll over. You say... This this Hoiberg experiment at Nebraska is done for. I'm going to start getting ready for my next stop. This team didn't roll over. They bought back in. They doubled down on the intensity. They changed the entire way that they play basketball, really, from pre-Gary and Bandamel to post-Gary and Bandamel. And they've started reeling off wins yet again. That's what's made Nebraska so proud of this team is despite the adversity of this season, despite everyone telling them, you know what, you're not good enough this season. The roster is just not good enough for you to be competitive in the Big Ten. Despite all of that, they are remaining competitive in the Big Ten, and they hold their postseason hopes in their own hands with three regular season games left in the Big Ten tournament. And if you would have told me that three weeks ago, I would have called you crazy. You would have called you crazy. You would have called me crazy. 
you would have asked for a drug test. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that give them the, give the man a breathalyzer uh, with the, that crazy hot take. <laughs> hey, Nebraska's going to rally the troops. They're going to do it with subs. Uh, they're going to do it with uh, some duct tape and bi- bailing wire, and they're going to go full MacGyver in the month of February. They're going to do it with guys you've been bemoaning all year long, too. C.J. Wilcher hasn't been the guy that you thought he would Good be. Good for him, though. He, he gets back on track. Kisei's been the score that we thought he was whenever he was coming to Nebraska. Uh, Sam Greasel's been that steadying force. Then you get impact off the bench with guys like Jamarcus Lawrence, with guys like Blaze. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's it's been phenomenal what we've seen over the past couple of weeks. 402-489-1240, 402-489-1240. Am I nuts? Do you think Coach Hoiberg deserves some Coach of the Year discussion? Or are you uh, going to tell me, let's get back to that at the end of February and into March? We'll see how the season finishes out. But we'll hear from Bo Reed, Husker Hall of Famer, get his take on what he's seen from this Big Red squad and – uh, it, it looked bleak there with the scoring drought. It was a nice first half. They were up seven points. But the, the big thing is with uh, Nebraska, they, they won the, the basketball game at the free throw line. They won it with toughness and rebounding. And then they just found ways to make plays. And that is... What you expect from teams that are loaded with NBA talent. Well, this team's got some guys that will play pro ball, I don't doubt. But they've been able to to really lean on a guy like Walker to go make plays, let him do his thing off the the nail. And then Greasel comes back in. Sam Hoiberg's making plays. Kisei gets it going. And then Keita, again, is is just uh, that guy. And they did it. They cleaned up the rebounding. They got after it rebounding, and then they also took a lot of charges. And I mean, they were they were legit charges. I mean, it was you needed a helmet and a mouthpiece in that ball game. Well, the, the it stat, was the, absolutely physical. The stat that the TV broadcast brought up, which I hadn't even thought about this season, but Nebraska, in terms of blocks per game this season, is like 290th in the country. One more time. Nebraska, in terms of blocks per game, is like 290. Yeah, in the they, 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 they don't get blocks, but the, the rate at which they take charges is one of the highest in the Big Ten, and, and that's where they make their, their money interior on that defensive side of the ball. Um, and right now, I, I think, especially with what Michigan State looms and with what mm-hmm. Iowa looms with, I, I think the, the, the hope moving forward is that Blaze, this little injury that we saw as he turned it's the gotta, ankle gotta again. you and walk her off. Yeah, it, it, you would hope that this is not going to be an issue where, I mean, we, we saw how much it kind of derailed his season when he mm-hmm. got injured back in December. You hope that this is a, a shorter term, just a little bit of a tweak, and he can get back because I think he's going to be a really, really important factor against Michigan State especially. Got to have him. And I don't want to overlook the Minnesota game either because that's going to be important. No, but Minnesota's going to come in and, and try and make you cry, ruin your season. Let's hear from Fred before we check in with Bo Reed. Uh, a little bit from Fred here post game as a happy PBA that was just on fire yesterday. The one thing I did see in the huddle, I, I, I thought I thought we were hanging our heads a little bit. And, you know, the big message, obviously, we went through a really rough patch when we had foul trouble by Sam and Derek. Those are two guys, obviously, that we run our offense through. Uh, Jamarcus was battling a little bit of an injury. So, you know, we had some very unorthodox lineups out there that hadn't really played together a lot. Uh, but we hung in there. And even though they went on their run, uh, they didn't separate to the point where we couldn't come back once we got those guys back in the game. And 
you know, the big message to them was get your heads up, get that swagger back that we were playing with and get back to doing what gave us some success. And, you know, guys just made play after play. And I was really impressed with uh, how they kept fighting. We were down eight with, I think, about seven minutes left. And, you know, free throw was fine. We won a game with, at the free throw line, which, you know, we I haven't come into these press conferences and said that very often uh, here. And then, uh, you know, Derek goes nine for 11 from the line. It was just uh, unbelievable. So just really pleased how our guys kept their composure, found a way to get back in it and, you know, just just make huge plays down the stretch. Good time yesterday, your Sunday fun day, uh, an exclamation point with Nebraska basketball. More on the Big Red. Bo Reed with us, a tale varsity presented by Currency. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Husker Hall of Famer, and uh, part of that NCAA tournament team that was a three-seed. Bo Reed with us. Bo, you still smiling from uh, from yesterday. What a win by the Big Red. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, really good win. That was a fun atmosphere. That's as full as I've seen Pinnacle Bank in a number of years, so that was fun. It was uh, electric. They found a way. And, Bo, I know it was alumni weekend. And, and give me your thoughts here as we've kind of gone on, gone on this winding road of of this season for Fred and company. Uh, they have continued to, to scrap. They've continued to fight. And now they're they're hot at the right time. Did you did you think they had this in them? What what was your take on the team? as you kind of watched him and observed him here uh, go through their ups and downs? Yeah, well, okay, so a couple of foundational things from the get-go this year were better. Um, The team was playing for the team. They weren't playing for themselves. Um, You know, even their uniforms are unified. They are all wearing white or red shoes. They're not wearing pink and blue and yellow (laughs) shoes. So it's... This team reflects more appropriately the university that they represent. They play hard, they play unselfish, um, and they play to win. And uh, that's fun to watch. The crowd can see that. And it's easy to root for an underdog. So after Vandemel and Gary got hurt, they could have easily folded up and basically gone home. But what Fred did was create an offense around Derek Walker and his unique talent. And so they're basically running a version of the triangle offense with Derek Walker at the point of the triangle, uh, no matter what side of the floor the ball's on, which is genius. Um, And the way that it's structured, he's always got an an open side of the floor for Sam Greasel, especially if he has a mismatch. Um, Derek then is the ability to kind of create, go to the rim, um, create plays for other people. 
And, you know, with the way a couple of those guys are shooting the ball, they're always either positioned in that ball side corner or in the opposite wing. Then if you go to sleep and forget about them and try to stop a layup, you are going to give up a three-pointer because Tominaga is red hot right now. They're fun to watch. They are. And and go back to that, that tweak, that triangle, and I'm familiar with it just through all the years of watching – Phil Jackson and the Bulls, right? His triangle. And uh, I think they always went through Bill Cartwright, if memory serves, or Luke Longley. Uh, but but Derek has been so good. I know he's an elder statesman. He's been through a lot in his career. And, man, he is showing just incredible leadership. And that, that ability off the bounce. I mean, he's... He's a pretty big time mismatch for a lot of a lot of dudes. As physical as Maryland is, I mean, Derek really took over. He did, and I'll tell you two two things happened in that game that were critical to us winning. When both Derek and Sam got their third fouls, mm-hmm. um, you know, both of them came back in the game about twelve minutes left, and Maryland had immediately, when they were both out of the game, eliminated a eight point deficit. Sam comes in and 30 seconds later gets his fourth foul. So I'm thinking Sam can't come back in the game until there's four or five minutes left. And, you know, they, they jump up to an eight-point margin. And with about seven and a half minutes left, you see Fred push Sam back to the scores table, and which was absolutely what he had to do. Well, in that 30 seconds, Sam Hoiberg gets a wide-open three from the top of the key and just buries it to cut it to five. Then you get the the seven-minute kind of there's a timeout, and so then Sam gets to check in the game with seven minutes left and four fouls, never gets his fifth foul, plays unbelievably hard, and scores probably 10 of his 12 points in the last down the stretch. Really, really, uh, he and Derek played like six-year senior guys. They, they just really – played intelligent basketball and you know Tominaga did his thing you know he he sometimes takes some shots that make you say oh what are you doing but he made his free throws and uh he made a big one there in over overtime but whenever you combine yesterday's atmosphere with the performance by the players and, and the coaching job by Fred do you think that was the best game of Fred Hoiberg's tenure at Nebraska thus far. I think we, we know he's probably earned himself another year at this point, but was yesterday that, that crown jewel in, in Fred Hoiberg's tenure so far? No, I think Rutgers was last week. I think that was a game no one saw coming. I didn't think we had the personnel to beat Rutgers, and uh, we just had a game plan that was unbelievable, and we executed it for probably you know 37 of the 40 minutes. I mean, it was unbelievable, and uh, this was a follow-up to that. You know, I mean, the the adversity that they fought through with Derek and Sam getting in foul trouble, and then also you could kind of see all the kids' body language kind of change, and it got, you know, the slumped shoulders, and you could see they started kind of letting doubt creep in because they were really struggling, and Maryland was going on a little bit of a run. But then when those guys came back in the game, they they just picked them up like seniors are supposed to. And, yeah, I mean, Fred and his staff have done a great job of putting these kids in a position where um, they can be successful because, let's face it, you know, with the exception of Sam and Derek that are pretty well-rounded players, everyone else on that roster is pretty one-dimensional in terms of their skill sets. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. There's just one thing that they do that's better than everything else. And so he's, you know, 
maybe Tomonaga's a little bit weaker on defense, so Fred's mixed in a lot of zone in the last month and a half, which he's had to do to kind of buy some minutes where they don't they can't isolate him with a six foot six guard and back him down and isolate him in the post. And so I just think this entire year is an expose on just how good of an X's and O's guy Fred is. And now he's just got to get a roster that will allow him to kind of compete in this league. So I think he knows what it's going to take to win in the Big Ten now. And now I hope it shows up in the recruiting. As you look at how this team was constructed via the portal and some six-year guys, and you've got some young guys that are either waiting in the wings or have seen more minutes. Bo, Bo Reed with us. Bo, everyone seemed to chip in at an important time as they've gone on this run. And uh, looking big picture with Nebraska, do you think Nebraska, to your to your statement a minute ago, do you think they'll be able to get who they need to get in here for future classes and future teams? Can they can they yeah. keep this rolling? I, I think what's what's happened is, and I don't know if it's intentional or, or they've stumbled upon it, but what you've got is you've got kids playing a role again. Mm-hmm. And instead of the five guys all thinking they're going to play in the NBA and every guy's got to get 20 and 10 and get his stats because he wants to play at the next level, we've got a bunch of kids that are playing for today, playing for the name on the front of the jersey, and there's just not a lick of selfishness. And, you know, that's a formula that can win at Nebraska for a long time because – we're not going to have five NBA players on our basketball team. We never have. I don't know that we ever will. And, you know, but what we've proven is that with a couple of really good players and a, and a bench full of, you know, five or six kids that are willing to play their role and play hard and do what the coach tells them, we can play smart basketball and we can beat a lot of good basketball teams. And that's what's been so fun. And I swear that's why you've got such a great, fan reaction to this because no one saw this coming based on the way we played basketball in the previous years. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of selfish play and a lot of kids that clearly didn't care about Nebraska. And that, that's probably an unfair characterization. That's what it seemed like by, by the way that they played and guys like Teddy Allen, who felt like a mercenary and didn't, you know, necessarily care about the rest of the team. You know, he scores 41 and then decides to sit out the rest of the year because, of whatever reason. So there's been some things in the past that made it kind of difficult to see this coming. And I think when the name Fred Hoiberg was announced and everyone got so excited, this is what I think people thought we were going to see is a guy that played this way. um, And now is coaching in a way that's just, it's just so fun to watch because they don't care. They're not playing for themselves. Not a single guy out there. They're, they're playing to win. And they're playing as a team and for each other. And Nebraska people will rally around that all day long. Bo Reed with his Husker Hall of Famer reaction to Nebraska-Maryland overtime. The Big Red get it done. As as a senior leader, and and your team really kind of jump-started that, that era, that run, for Nebraska to get to the tournament. Uh, and there was a lot of tournament runs after your, your 90-91 season. Tell me a little bit about your experience being that senior voice with a a different group of guys 
yeah. that season as far as the leadership you had well, to you, you had to use, but also to get 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 the result you had on the court because you had talented dudes, but you guys all played pretty well together. Well, wasn't always that way though. So my sophomore year, I was the leading scorer and leader in assists and. You know, we had developed an offense down in Australia that I was looking forward to my junior year. Well, I got hurt. Mm-hmm. And then as I'm sitting out, Piakowski and Chubbuck are redshirting, Farmers transferring in, and we're watching the guys. Once we started to lose games, we just watched it deteriorate into guys playing for themselves and trying to get their stats. And they really didn't care if we won or lost at that point because they figured, well, we're not going to make the postseason this year, so I'm just going to get my points. And uh, so when we all became eligible, and I was a senior coming off a knee injury, missing my whole junior season, I really had the mindset that no one was going to get any accolades or any attention from professional basketball if we didn't learn how to win some games. And so, you know, I, I personally decided I don't care if I score one point in the game. We're going to win. We're going to figure out how to win. I want the right person to get the ball. I want the open person to get the ball. And the other thing that happened is we were deep enough with talent that Coach Need didn't have to tolerate any selfish play. And so when you get a couple of people that are leaders of the team, like Derek Walker and Sam Greasel, who play so unselfishly, it is totally contagious, and it, it permeates the locker room. And all of a sudden, you've got a chemistry. And I think Fred attributes a lot of this to Bandamel even mm-hmm. being a great leader and saying, we're playing to win. None of us go anywhere after college unless we figure out how to win games. And so it was devastating when he got hurt. But Derek has been rock solid. And Sam, you know, that kid's he's, he's tenured. He's played. He's been through the wars. He's been through injuries. He's been through illness. A kid's been through it all. He's not going to get shook, period. And so I think there's a lot of similarities. I think this is a foundational year, and Fred's program goes from here because I think they now have an identity that he will not allow anyone to wreck. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Bo Reed with us, Hail Varsity Radio, Husker Hall of Famer. Bo, what's your gut tell you here on the, on the finish? Uh, get the crystal ball out here. I know Minnesota. Uh, Sparty's awfully tough uh, looming and then you, you wrap at Iowa but Nebraska chance they keep this streak going I mean uh, yeah. they, they are they, they are climbing the mountain in the Big Ten in a, in a log jam year yeah you, you feel like um, the Minnesota game's kind of a must win yeah. and then you hope you can sneak one of the last two Michigan State's going to be a tough matchup for us because at the four they're so physical and um, but 
you know, the way we've been playing, I wouldn't put anything past. No one wants to play us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Iowa's going to be playing for their life. I mean, I think they're kind of right in the middle on the bubble, and I think that's going to be a tough game at Carver-Hawkeye. So if we could sneak two out of the three and get to, you know, a winning record, that would be unbelievable. It might get us out of having to play the play-in game, which I think we maybe are out of that right now. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the thing you want to avoid because it's hard to make a really deep run of the Big Ten tournament if you got to play that play-in game, it's just, especially with – we're only playing seven guys or eight, and that makes it really hard to go on much of a run there. But, uh, yeah, gosh, you, you, you win the Minnesota game, you take care of business, and then anything can happen after that the way these kids are playing. And, uh, you know, even if, even if they don't, you know, I just think that the atmosphere in that arena just shows that the fans really are enjoying the product that's on the floor. And, gosh, it just didn't seem like that was going to happen this year, especially with Derek kind of not being on the team the first four or five games. So it's just the surprise of it all and the joy of seeing this all kind of come together with a bunch of unselfish underdog kids playing as one unit and winning against nationally ranked teams. I mean, it's it's kind of cool. It's, it's really cool. Bo Reed with us. Bo, enjoy your week. We'll catch up with you down the road and uh, see you back at PBA. Thanks for a few minutes today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Always love chatting with Bo Reed, uh, shooting fire as always. And that's the perspective of, of a, a former standout at Nebraska that got the team going. And, and he kind of lived it. You got to go back a ways with the early knee era and some of the talent they had and what brought them together that that senior year for Bo Reed anyway i mean they were the they're kind of the gold standard right they're the they're a 3 seed a, fin- a team that finished in the top 10 and uh, that 9091 husker squad was was just awesome and then you saw more tournament runs or trips anyway uh, throughout much of the 90s but you had you had a foundation right we talk about foundation and construction and uh <laughs> Flipping things, the construction narrative uh, with football a lot. Well, Fred has found buy-in. He has found roles to 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 Reed's point, and it's 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 working. And it's through grit and hustle, not necessarily talent. And Nebraska fans love that. Yeah, it's it's great to be the most talented team. That's that's easy. So or or, or it's easier to win with the talent versus. Uh, guys that have developed into something, and you see the payoff. That's the fun of this. Nebraska baseball, let's get you caught up there. We'll have more on Husker basketball next hour. Charlie McBride with us in 20 minutes. But uh, through five and a half innings, Nebraska now back in front, at least as of 10 minutes ago, 11-10 to 10 over San Diego. Charlie Fisher uh, hit a two-run shot to put Nebraska up. Nebraska was down 10 to 4. Elijah, you're sick for this Husker baseball team and Will Bolt because they found every which way to lose this opening weekend series between too many runners left on base in the Friday night game, uh, Saturday, 
was problematic. They still left runners in scoring position, didn't close that way. The and bullp- not, not to mention, you also had passed balls and uh, wild pitches at inopportune times, right. box at bad time. The whole weekend has just been a, a calamity of errors in a way. Well, it's it's been a lot of what ailed them a year ago, mm-hmm. and it's not a it is a fresh new start. It's just one series. But you were hoping to exercise some of those demons, and then you jump out and get walked off yesterday. So no one as fiery as Will Bolt is, um, he may have just said, "Y'all, y'all are walking home if we don't get one today." Mm-hmm. And it, for them to be down ten to four and to, to roar back and go up eleven to ten, maybe this is all right. You salvage one, and maybe it's a spark you can get. Heading into next weekend. Game's not over today yet. Schmitty. No, I know. So let's, let's be careful. <laughs> let's be careful because it, it's, as you said, it's almost been the same story as last season. I know it's early in the year, especially whenever it's your first time actually going and playing outdoors in nice weather in San Diego. Uh, things are a little bit different. You're learning some things about yourself, especially with all the new players that have been brought in. You, you got to learn a lot about who you are as a team. But that's that's been the problem with this first weekend is that same issue. You, just, you know what? When the pitching's going, the bats aren't going. That's Friday night until you get into the bullpen, and then the, the bullpen kind of lets you down. Saturday, a uh, similar story. You get the hitting going, and then the bullpen, again, lets you down. Uh, it's, it's just whenever there is somebody performing well for this baseball team, there's somebody else out there who's letting the team down. And until you get a full team effort where you're finding a way to win instead of finding a way to lose, uh, I think it's going to continue being a problem. But you got to find a way for this team to, to buy back in. And the, the saying of two years ago, gritty beats pretty. We haven't quite seen that since those seniors graduated two seasons ago. So who's going to step up, be a leader on this Husker baseball team? Who's going to be able to look their teammates in the eye and, and ask more from them? Because, I mean, this weekend, the Huskers starting pitching has done their job. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, they've done the job. They've given the, the bats a chance to go out there and score some runs, and I don't think they scored enough on Friday with mm-hmm. the runners in scoring position. The batters took that, I, I think, as a challenge Saturday and Sunday. They came back. They, they got themselves some run support, and then, oh, it's the bullpen letting you down on Saturday and Sunday, where you the have a lot of experience. complimentary football. You have a lot of experience in that bullpen. It, it's been guys that you wouldn't expect to be letting you down. Shay Shannon and Kyle Perry letting you down so far this weekend. So I think there's a lot of learning lessons mm-hmm. to be taken from this weekend. There is not... A, a, a fire alarm going off in my head with this Husker baseball team based on one weekend, but the 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 signs are there from what you saw last year where it's just you could never get a full team effort on any given day. It felt like that's how this first weekend has felt. We'll have to see how Will Bolt and his team can adjust, and I think going and getting one on a Monday would be huge. Well, go get one. Where uh, especially you, with how this game's gone where you oh, jump it's, out. It's, it's been, it's been uh, a marathon here. You, you jump out and then you give up Eight runs in the fourth inning uh, with a grand slam uh-huh, and a whole bunch of get you. hits. You, had, you went through four pitchers in one inning in that bottom half of the fourth inning. And if they can battle back and win this game, it could give you some confidence moving forward. But on the other hand, if you start your season 0-4, what kind of, of message does that send to your team about who they are mm-hmm. to start the year? 1-4 would be a disaster. Or sorry, 0-4 would be a disaster. Well, yeah, freshman Dylan Carey has been good today. A solo shot, an RBI double. That helped pace Nebraska to jump out 3 nothing, And then it was 10-4 San Diego. I uh, told you about Fisher about a half hour ago hitting that bomb in the sixth. We're top of the seventh now. And uh, Sartori uh, sent a shot out. The outfielder misplayed. The ball hits to the fence. Bryce Matthews scores, as does uh, Sartori. And as of about five minutes ago, Nebraska leading. The field goal is up and good, 13-10. to 10. Bullpen's got to step up in, now. you got to close the, this game. In the top of the seventh. 
Uh, get some of Joe Boo's rum. Get a live chicken. And heck, go find a gardener snake. And get nine outs today. That's all you need. Nine outs. Which pitcher can go get you six outs and what closer can step in and get three? We'll wind down this first hour. Coach McBride's on the way. It's Hale Varsity. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, uh, Nebraska's not done. Uh, Charlie Fisher again, able to have a two RBI double moments ago, all the way to the wall. 17 hits for Big Red Baseball. They're up 15-10. to 10 And uh, see if they can hang on. They may just need to put 20 up to be safe. Without how that bullpen's been performing this weekend, you're you're not 100% wrong. And I don't want to be too hard on this Husker baseball team. That's why I keep on prefacing this with opening weekend is already tough enough whenever you're a team from the Midwest that hasn't got a chance to get outside all that much, despite the fact the past week few weeks have been pretty beautiful in terms of weather. You haven't got a chance to be outside as much as a team from San Diego. San Diego was a great team last year. They, they brought back a lot of talent. So uh, this Husker baseball team is learning a lot about themselves as this season goes on with all the new pieces and all the new faces and just what type of baseball team you want to be. But you don't want to start off a season 0-4 because I can just set the table for for a lot more challenges than on the field as the year goes on. So you hope they can get one here. You hope the offense can pick up the bullpen and no matter how many runs the bullpen gives up that the, uh, the offense can step up and get enough. Cause that'll build some trust between the team. And I, I think that's, what's lacking with this team right now as we kind of laid out last segment is mm-hmm. just, you can't get everyone on the team performing at the same time. Whenever trust fails you in baseball, uh, the team will, will fail you as well. So I got a weird question, but uh, talked about this on the, the morning show. And uh, there are uh, tryouts for the new Cadbury animal. It can still be the bunny, mm-hmm. but and, and you're used to it with Easter coming around. You always see the that overweight rabbit sitting there doing the the same commercial for years. Well, Cadbury's looking at wanting a a new mascot or spokes animal we need a blockbuster trade is what we need we need to get we need cadbury they, to trade the cadbury bunny to geico for the geico gecko a okay. straight swap you, maybe you, throw want, some, you want that done maybe throw some picks in there maybe throw some, some policies to be used later <laughs> policies to be used later My, and, and then they'll fund the vending machines as well for geico for where, where, I, where i'm going with this is they want a rescue animal oh that's that's less fun than my idea well, it's, it's it's more important than my idea, but it's less fun than my. My idea. point here is: do I do I dust off uh, the old leash, and do we do we get Gertie some FaceTime, my German Shepherd? She's a rescue. Mm-hmm. She has giant ears like a bunny, and I don't know that she would mind so well, but she's kind of cute. She and she's smart. She'd end up probably eating all the chocolate, and then I'd have to take her to the vet. As you said, that's, that's the big problem with just having a that's dog no, in, in general no being your, your spokes animal is the fact that they can't eat the product. That's, that's kind of huge. 
But but you know what? Maybe maybe Gertie could work. I think she might need just a little bit of coaching. Um, uh, coaching was one way to put it. Yeah, I was gonna say she needs a little more time with uh, with strangers. Yeah, she, she gets a little skittish around large crowds, and I think that's kind of important whenever you're gonna be going. To she sounds like she's gonna take shoots. your head off. You know, she, she, does, she does that well. A reminder to get buckled up, uh, use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries. Only if properly worn, buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So we'll get Coach McBride's take. I know he's been watching hoops. Uh, good story today with Coach Rule and his plan for success and winning. See if we get any more stories from the desert. Uh with Coach McBride, and uh, we'll have to ask him about scorpion hunting. Has he ever partaken? Hour two, Hail Varsity continues, presented by Currency. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone, you're not customer-facing, it's casual dress, and the work environment. It's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing, and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at fscedge.com. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at HVarsityRadio. Call in at 402-489-1240 or at 800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbo. We welcome in Mr. Blackshirt. It's a Monday with Charlie. Coach Charlie McBride joins us. Coach, how are we doing? Good. Good. It's I just it, it, looking outside and there's not a ripple in the lake. It's so calm. That is good news. It's 55. There's no ice. 55 degrees no, I, here. Is it? Uh, it's 36 here, but it's... <laughs> ah, we got him beat. We got him beat. <laughs> Actually, he's on a lake. He wins. <laughs> well, good. No uh, no wind. No storms. That's uh, No wind, and, uh, I, and I, I can't believe it. it, it we're going to get paid for this. We're gonna, somebody's going to kill us. I mean, it's this, this doesn't last. Not in Michigan. This mm. place is a dump, man, when it comes to snow. Mm. Well, you know, that's what I did. You, that's what I said. I, we put a new sign up on the Michigan thing. It says, welcome to Michigan. Uh, and it says, what does it say? Not the good life. Yeah, 
something to that effect. And then it says, if you don't like it, turn around. <laughs> it's not for everybody. <laughs> you just send them on their way. I like it. So, Coach, I gotta, I gotta get your opinion here. My son flies back from Arizona tonight. He's been down there visiting my mother and great grandma, and uh, he's got some some other friends, his girlfriend's families down there as well. So he went out Friday night scorpion hunting. Oh yeah, yeah, and and I wanted the. If I get down there and I get the invite, I'd like to go try it sometime. You, you, it's old hat for you, scorpions and rattlesnakes, right? Yeah, you go. Well, scorpions are good because you can use black lights on them. You'll see. You think you you think there aren't any around? Stick the black light down there and find out. You're going to find out. You're walking on them. You don't even know it. <laughs> so, so what's they're, the trick? They're, I hate them. I know you I mean, do. Uh, the, <laughs> the bark scorpions are the worst. They climb up walls and stuff, and you'd be laying in bed, and they're on your ceiling, and they're on your walls, and you know, yeah. <laughs> they they don't they don't get in bed with you. They don't like that part. They just like climbing <laughs> around. Okay. So, so how? Dare I say deadly are these scorpions? I mean, is every scorpion yeah. the same with venom? Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I've been bit three times, and I they they don't do anything. I mean, they, they it doesn't feel good. Well, swell <laughs> up like crazy. Yeah. But I, I, you know, there probably are some that do. I've never heard of and now a snake. We have a lady out here that's been bit by the same snake in her yard three times. Really? And they, uh, yeah, and they have pictures of her in the hospital, and her legs are Jesus swollen and black and blue, and that's no good. See, that's that's uh, the point where I take the, I take the lawnmower out for retribution after that. Yeah, I go I'm after just... the snake. How's that thing still around to bite three times? <laughs> I'll tell you what. You better get a flashlight, <laughs> and you better not, and you better wear shoes. Because you'd step on those babies, and they they, they won't they won't uh, if you're not bothering them, they're not going to bother you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you it, that, what happens is people uh, startle them, come up on them, walking through the weeds and stuff, and you know, all of a sudden come on them, and then they you know they think you're attacking them, and but other than that, you know, we had them we haven't come out. We just call the fire department to get them out of there because. Um, if you get it, like if you have in your garage or somewhere around your house, they come and they come and get them, they get them. And then they, the, whoever's the rookie fireman gets to, has to catch them and put them in the, put them in the, in the, in the, in the, in the tank. And then they take them out in the desert. They just let them go. They don't kill them. Mm. It's the wildlife hour here right? with Coach well, Charlie McBride. Said, it's, it's wild kingdom here with Coach, uh, with Coach McBride here. It's a new segment. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, did you watch uh, Nebraska basketball yesterday? I did not. I watched about uh, 10 minutes of the beginning of it, and then I was ordered to do some stuff. So I was moving my storage shed around, and I had to do it because the weather, I was scared of the weather. So Mm -hmm. I did it. But no, but I saw a lot of the previews because I get the Big Ten channel. Mm -hmm. So I saw... You know, and saw him talk about it and saw, uh, you know, Hoiberg after the game talk and all of and his son and mm-hmm. all of them. So I saw some of that stuff. But 
and then they'll replay the game this week. Yeah. No, yeah. they they had a heck of a win. It was overtime. The place was rocking and Oh, oh uh, no. <laughs> it it was it was a, it was just awesome. And I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on the 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 satisfaction you have as a coach and a teacher when you overcome some odds, right? When you overcome oh. some injuries, when somebody reaches their potential that element of, of coaching, I'm sure you've had that experience a lot of times with a lot of kids over the years. Well, that's that's part of your salary, <laughs> just yeah. enjoying that part of it, because that's why you're in coaching. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, with me, I've always been kind of a guy that liked the underdogs and mm-hmm. likes to see them come from behind and stuff like that, and... uh you know, I, I I watched it happen in the World Series. You watch it happen all over the place at at times. And, you know, a lot of people think they're going to roll their head on the field. Well, they come on ahead. You know, mm-hmm. that's good. And, uh, uh, you know, they 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 lose their, their – they become equal. And, uh, you know, then they, they don't pay much attention. That's why every game – Every practice is for a championship. If you practice that way, and you you'll play that way. But if you start, you know, messing around in practice, especially in football, you know, and guys don't pay really focus on practice and things like that. And that's what I think that I, of all the places that I I coached at, I think Nebraska was the best. I mean, those kids they they practice every week. They didn't care who they were playing. Uh, so about, you know, we, we, there was a few times that can, you know, that I can think of maybe that I had to get after them for, you know, just kind of wandering around, but mm-hmm. as a rule that doesn't happen. Coach, I want to get your take on a very specific moment that happened in that Husker basketball game yesterday. And just from your own time as a coach I want you to take us inside the mind of Fred Hoiberg there was a moment in overtime right at the end where Sam Hoiberg Fred's son comes and gets a steal after this is I mean everyone kind of counted Sam Hoiberg out as being a guy who could contribute for this Husker basketball team he's been down on the bench most of his career but then he stepped up in a big way over the past couple weeks gets a steal last night takes the other end gets a layup and really seals the game for Nebraska from a coach's perspective, do you think Coach Hoiberg was able to enjoy that moment as he should have as a father, or are you too focused on the game? I'm just watching no, that no, moment. No. I was wondering it, what's it, going it, through the mind of it, Fred. It, just enjoy it that time and watch it. I mean, it's uh, those are the kind of things right there that you know that that make coaching so much fun because you know. And and then after the game, when he explained it, he said the way they were, he, he just caught them in a in a in how they were passing the ball. And he said, "I'm going to get one of these," and he did. He missed the guy. I guess he missed a couple before, but he, you know, in his mind, he's going to get one of these, and he did. And that's, uh, you know, that's kind of, you know, and a lot of times that you'll hear somebody talk about uh, some some players are good at what we call mental visualization, where they visualize themselves doing that off the court. And uh, you can imagine what happens in football when you're teaching a fundamental, when kids will be able to visualize themselves doing something off the field. That's like practicing because you're putting it in your subconscious, basically, and, and all of a sudden that's what happens. You, you repetition yourself, so it's just almost like practicing. 
And so he, he mentally, he's, he's gone through that stuff before. He's, you know, he's the son of a coach. He's talked about those things to his son, and he probably did it in high school and, you know, visualized himself and saw himself, um, you know, scoring at the end of the game or doing whatever, you know. And that, those are the things that win for you, guys that, that you know, I know they're going to do. I'm gonna, he, he said, I knew I was going to get one. You know, and and so you knew where his mind was. Charlie McBride's with us a Monday with Charlie. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, want to talk about the topic of toughness? What what was the 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 method? How did you guys make tough football teams? And I bring it up because that's a part of this basketball conversation. It's also been an ongoing conversation with Coach Rule about what he wants in a football team. So let's talk about the culture of toughness. How did you guys go about it? Well, toughness is a thing that, you know, you can look at it just on the field or you can look at it that way. I never – I tried to go from scratch. And, that, and and you know, simple things that you do the things that are right. If you don't, you're not very tough. Right. I mean, I I kind of sometimes uh, explained it like if you're in the mor- in the morning and the, your alarm runs off, and you just turn around and lay over there and just push the button for another five minutes. As far as I'm concerned, you can put your guts in a thimble, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know because there the guy's not tough enough to do the things that are right. And and that's that works into the things too. Do the things that are right. And don't, you know, don't sit and say, well, I'll do it in a minute. It's like the old trick. How many times your mother said, take the garbage out? And you said, well, I'll do it in a minute, Ma. That's when you get your butt kicked, mm-hmm. you know, and, and things like that. So and all those things, when you talk to them, sometimes they start looking at themselves. Well, I'll tell you what, here's the good one, you know. I'll study in the morning. I'm going to stay out. I'm going to stay out tonight. I was going to study, but I'm going to stay out tonight. I'll study in the morning. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I, I did that trick once and, and went ahead and got an F. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, that's that's what happens. So the thing, the whole key to it is, is you do the things that are right off the field, too. And on the field, you know, being tough is, is, a, is a more of a – Physical is the, is the physical part of it, but it all folds into the same thing. And and if you're not going to study your plays or your your defenses or your stuff like that, you know that's the beginning of it. You know you're doing the things that are right because you're a tough guy. You know even though you don't, I don't want to go to the weight room today. You know they'll. You know, we'll go over there and do it, and you'll find out. And some guys will come back and say, you know, I had the best workout I ever had, mm. you know, or something like that. And, and when, you know, in a game, you you get toughness as you grow up. I think a lot of times some guys are just naturally, you know, rockheads, and they, they're going to blow up the world. And uh, I had a little of that in me, which didn't help. Sure. <laughs> it, it got me hurt every time. <laughs> but you know you got to do it at the right times, and you have to be a leader doing it. And you got to—I always said—keep your mouth shut and just play. Charlie McBride's with us on Hale Varsity Radio, Coach. I'm going to ask you this before we say goodbye. It's an NFL question, 
But what do you do if you're Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers? Uh, you give him a camping, some camping stuff and tell him to go camping next year. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you, you got to have – listen, that rubs off on the team. Yeah. So, you know, and, and you know, sometimes those guys get tired of that stuff. Mm. And they just and, – and, and they turn around on you and – you know, it's kind of like, well, you don't want to be with us. <laughs> we don't want to be with you either, you know. And uh, so I don't know his personality or theirs, and, and they may know him better than, you know, than we all know. You know, it may be just a, a front of some kind. I don't know that at this point it's to make more money because he, he turns down, what, $60 million or some crazy number if he gets if he leaves or mm-hmm. something like that. But. It you know it's it's a hard thing for players. I think some guys that have been around that it's they're serious about winning. They're serious about going to the Super Bowl, and you got a quarterback who's making noise all the time and doing crazy stuff. I don't I don't think I I think part of it's not his his show. I think he's part of the uh, the whole thing. But I think because they don't really I don't. You know, it's hard when you're up there. They that the the town owns them. Yeah. You know, they're they're publicly. You yeah. know, so you know, there's not. They hire a guy, and you know, he may not like half the. He may not get along, but he's making money, and that's his job. And you know, and it doesn't work. The organizations that have good people around and always have. I know the Chiefs, their owners, just they don't ever get involved in the coaching part. Gotcha. They don't ever touch it. So, you know, that's, that's something that's in, I think is important. And, and it's, I think in Green Bay it's a little harder than most teams. Well, we'll see what, what happens with old Aaron Rodgers as he gets uh, done with his darkness retreat. Charlie McBride is with us <laughs> a Monday with Charlie. We've talked scorpion hunting. Uh, a team of toughness <laughs> and doing the little things. Coach, you, you keep that good weather up there, okay? Sure. I hope so. That would be that would be great, you know, if we keep it like this. But I, it isn't going to happen. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll check in with you next Monday. Thanks okay. for the time today, Coach. Okay, fellas. Thanks a lot. See you, bud. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Bye now. There he is, Mr. Blankshire, Charlie McBride. <laughs> Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out uh, Monday, Hail Varsity Radio, with you on President's Day. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, is uh, back at it, unfortunately, for Nebraska. The uh, firemen need to be called because the Huskers are now tied with San Diego 16 to 16. Jesus. Drake Keeler's done a just Wait, 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 wait. Update. The game is now over. 
What happened? Due to travel considerations, today's, tie? today's game has ended in a tie after oh, seven innings. You can't tie in baseball. I guarantee those umpires were in hell today, though. It's Monday Not on a four-game as... series. They've taken work off to play this game. they got to get back for their job on Tuesday, and they're sitting there like, man, we're five hours they in. They started at 2 <laughs> central time. So Drake Keeler with Hale Varsity, and follow Drake at Drake Keeler. Uh, does an awesome job. So let's just run this down for you. Nebraska jumped out three nothing. Mm-hmm. San Diego came back, and at one point it was ten to four. All right, uh, Fisher hit a bomb. Nebraska got rolling, uh, went up eleven to ten, and then went and extended their lead to thirteen to ten. Then it was fifteen to ten, and then at one point it was sixteen to ten, and then San Diego is roared back. Okay, um, Nebraska walked in a run to make it 16-10 to 10 before the third out. This was about 15 minutes ago. Um, Nebraska had a pretty big lead heading into the seventh. Shanneman came in, uh, started the frame with a hit-by-pitch and a walk. So he puts two on. I was same problems for him uh, on Saturday. Uh, another hit-by-pitch loaded the bases. A third batter was nearly hit. But he ended up walking in a run. Uh, Ornelas came in. Uh, bases loaded, no out. Five consecutive walks hit by pitches. Uh, Ornelas walks the first batter he faces. It's now 16-12. to 12. Uh, You had almost another hit by pitch. So a sack fly made it 16-3. to three. And Jack Costello, go buy a lottery ticket, bro. Because you already, he had already hit a grand slam, and then Costello hit a three-run bomb to tie it up at sixteen. That was that was about ten minutes ago, and due to travel concerns, mm, um, it's Nebraska goes o three and one. Yeah, that's a- in the in their in their weekend series, and this is not the start. We'll bolt once. You've got some growing pains. I don't know who's walking home. I don't know who's got a bus ticket versus a plane ticket. But it's uh, it's all sorts of no good for for Nebraska baseball well, to start the year. Will and company may head down to Tijuana just for, and, and walk this one off. I, it's, it's called travel considerations, but as you're listing off there, a lot of these pitchers are guys that have already pitched before this weekend because I, I know Shea was – that was his problem. I believe it was on Saturday as well as he was wild. A couple wild pitches allowed a run to score. He had a hit-by-batter back then – or hit-by-pitch hit back then as well. Um, and then today, more problems with control. I know his, his breaking ball over the weekend just hasn't been looking good. Didn't have much control of the slider. Uh, sounds like similar story. I wonder if this is a case of the coaches getting together and saying, yeah, we, got to, we do have a flight out of here and we're also out of pitchers. Uh, so maybe let's just end this one here because this game is going to be 30 to 30 if we keep on going with the kind of pitchers that we have left in the in the bullpen. So I do wonder about that. But this is this is definitely one of those games where the umpires are like sitting behind the plate or at 16 to 14. Like, man, just throw a strike. Just throw a strike, man. I want to get out of here. I want to get back to my family. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want this game to be 30 to 30. And, and those those umpires are paid handsomely at the college level for what they do. So uh, I'm sure it wasn't them calling the game saying I, I got to go home. But. Man, that's just one of those those painful games where nobody can get an out. The runs keep on coming, and uh, you're just wondering if that game is ever going to end. So mercifully, it does. But 
a tie is, in my opinion, it's not as bad as loss, but it's pretty dang close. It's awful if you're up 16 to yeah, 10. Yeah, that, that, that feeling of On like... On top of coming back from being down 10 to 4, Nebraska, the line is this. 16 to 16, seven innings. You can't start a game after 5 p.m. Central. The finale includes 17 hits for Nebraska batters, 11 walks by Nebraska pitchers, a rally from down six, and then a blown lead while you're up six. It's a drunk baseball game. Nebraska is going to be at South Alabama next weekend. Uh, they have plenty to work on. And, and and this isn't some new guys. These are guys that you're hoping to solidify uh, their role. I mean, Shaman was a weekend starter last year. Mm-hmm. And moving back to the bullpen, you can have some uh, some struggles changing roles like that. It's different coming into the beginning of a game, and I'm sure Jabba Chamberlain can speak on that as well, the kind of adjustment that it takes to go from being a starter <laughs> to being a reliever. It takes some time. It does. And it, it can take some growing pains. Simba has a compliment for you on Twitter at uh, City Radio at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence. Wow, uh, Herbal Essence is taking this tie game better than I expected. Two segments ago, he was ready to give up on the year. <laughs> <laughs> I was, try- no, I was Simba, trying to preface listen, that by Simba, saying it's just a bad the, opening week. The, uh, the umpire came out in him, <laughs> and he's like... He's looking at his watch. We gots to go. <laughs> the umpire came out. Don't kid yourself. There's some tears inside for Elijah Herbal with Husker baseball and how this series and weekend went. But I, I also know that it's feeling rocky. as an umpire. But as an umpire, uh, he's all about getting out on time. I've had some marathons yeah. uh, where it's just like, Christ, can this game end already? I'm, I'm missing the uh, the Avs. Stanley Cup Finals game right now. True story, actually. So if anyone can do some math on which game I was umpiring back then, uh, be my guest. But yeah, like a three and a half hour marathon where I'm missing the Stanley Cup Finals with my abs in there. And I'm like, can this game please? And I've been there. I have done that. So uh, I, I feel for the umpires definitely in a game like this where it's just 45 minute half innings because no one can get out and everyone's getting walked and everyone getting base hits. It, it turns into a bit of a grind back there behind the plate. Well, uh, we'll hear from Will Bolt. This week, all right. I'm, so th- I'm curious as to what Will's reaction Will, to, Will's, to the first weekend Will's is going to be. Probably, and I don't know that he's like. I mean, no one, no one will a little bit. Like, there's a long talking to in the outfield. Probably, just because they uh, can't start an inning after five o'clock doesn't mean the old left field meeting is going to end anytime soon. Full of chewings. Well, and there are positives to take away from this weekend. Just not on your record, not in your wins and losses. There's no positives to take away from there. So there's positives with the fact that, yeah, your, your your bats were able to get it alive as the weekend went on with eight runs scored yesterday, 16 runs scored today, and that's also a product of getting deeper into San Diego's bullpen. But you got some runs there. The, the main one where I, I think Will is going to be very frustrated is with the bullpen, especially with the amount of experience mm-hmm. you have in that bullpen. They were bad all weekend, and that's – that's sugarcoating it maybe that's maybe being generous saying they were bad all weekend they, they, well, they, they really have a lot to improve you, upon you know what to fix but you also have you, you had a couple solid starting pitching performances and you don't want to let those guys get too deep early in the season with their arms still uh, you know getting accustomed to the the rigors of a season so you can't let those guys go too deep but you did have some solid starting pitching performances over the weekend so another positive you can take away despite the fact you're 03 and one yeah 03 and one there we go uh let's get some more from We'll uh, check that Fred Hoiberg, a uh, happy coach in, in, in Fred Hoiberg 
as uh, Nebraska able to to outlast Maryland. They've won three in a row. They are four and three in their last seven. Dare to dream, Husker basketball fan. I thought, listen, four and a half points. That's fishy. Maryland's going to come in here. I don't want to say drill Nebraska, but yesterday felt like the type of game that a team like Maryland is big and talented and as physical as they are. They're going to come in and, and win by about 10 because that's what they do. Nebraska, despite foul trouble, Nebraska, despite down key people, they've adapted and adjusted to what and who they are. Great analysis from Bo Reed in our one. So check that interview out. Podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play with Hale Varsity Radio, uh, the whole show or the segment there. But uh, Fred spent some time talking about Sam Hoiberg and his shot in the arm, uh, obviously defensively, but also coming up with that key steal, some key free throws, nine points for for Sammy, uh, you know, uh, Fred 2.0, Mayor 2.0 off the bench for Nebraska yesterday. Yeah, you know, Jameer Young is one of the toughest covers in this league. He's an all-league player, and this team's playing great basketball right now. And, you know, Sam, I thought, really defended that last possession well. He's still capable of making that shot, but I thought he did as good a job as he possibly could uh, contesting, um, you know, one of the one of the best players in the league. And then those two plays in overtime, the uh, charge that he took, and, and then obviously the steal after the timeout to put us up three, just huge plays. And, you know, it's, uh, it is, it, it's just, it's rewarding to see when when guys go out and work as hard as Sam does, as Jamarcus does, um, you know, as Blaze does, and, and for it to pay off. Blaze, I thought was unbelievable. Again, for us, we thought we could play big, big uh, for stretches in this game. Whether they played Emilian and Reese together, or I thought Derek did a really good job on Scott uh, as well. But so we'll hear a little bit more from from Fred in a moment. But some great compliments from from Derek Walker on Sam Hoiberg, and uh, a tweet out by Coach Rule just moments ago applauding the type of culture that Fred Hoiberg has. Listen, you can't always say that about what Nebraska basketball's been. They've got it right this year uh, with the kids and the mentality and uh, just kind of an all-for-one attitude. Here's Derek Walker. I'm proud of these guys, man. I'm proud of him for making plays, bro, because I don't see him in practice. He plays hard. He plays hard, and sometimes we got to tell him to tone it down a little bit. Yeah, they get mad at me. But he plays hard, <laughs> and he, he deserves everything. He deserves to get that steal. Um, he puts in the work, man, and I, I'm just so proud of him. So let's hear cut seven. Do we have time for Fred? Let's get there. Yeah, we do. And it was and – and, and Tom Chattel asked this to Coach Hoiberg yesterday after the game. Uh, did you believe that your, this team could do what they're doing? I mean, are you, are you surprised they're, they're doing what they're doing? You know, I, I just, you know, a lot of people were saying, uh, you know, when, when we had the injuries, what could have been? And, you know, my message to the guys is what can still be. And, you know, those guys fight like hell. They, they practice as hard as anybody. And they are, are resilient. And they, they do have a, some toughness and character to them. And you have to have it. You'll steal some wins if you go out and play hard and compete every night. And that's what our guys are doing. So, you know, we had a couple tough ones, obviously, right after the injury. I thought we were a little bit in mourning, uh, to be honest with you. But. But, you know, once we got one with this group, then they just kept uh, fighting. I think they believe now that they can do it, and that's a big part of it. So just got to 
keep fighting, man. Keep fighting, clawing, swinging. Uh, you know, we're going to have to win ugly, uh, which at times it was tonight. But, you know, again, this team has shown it can win in, in a lot of different ways. You know, offense was really pretty in the last game against Rutgers. Not so much tonight, but, you know, we found a way to get it done with toughness. Yeah, amen. Uh, you just keep finding a way. Uh, Brennan chimes in these Nebraska winter conditioning videos with Nebraska football. Thinks Nebraska can beat anybody in the nation. You Brennan, get fired up for it. Brennan wants Bama. You know, not yet. <laughs> How'd that go for K-State? Let's watch the spring game first. Let's, let's watch the spring game. Let's, <laughs> let's worry about tomorrow. Hail Varsity continues presented by Currency. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you. It's Hail Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Numbers to get in. 489-1240. 489-1240. And good stuff from Scott Docterman. As uh, you have the votes are in with who you want. You said, we want Bama. No, we don't. <laughs> I would I would visit Bama. I would like to go see the an Iron Bowl sometime between uh, Alabama and in Auburn. I, I think that'd be great. I would like to note the only reason I think I'd want to go to Alabama is to see football. I don't think there's much else I'd like to see in Alabama. Golf. Is there good golf down there? It's great golf down there, I hear. I don't know. Never been. We got to go hit Lars up. Lars, we're coming to your lake house and you're taking us to play 18. No discussion. Okay, so poll's been put out. And the total top votes were this, with who Nebraska should get. And you think the schedule will shake out 3-3-6, something like that, um, where you have three permanents, three crossover, and then of the, of the, the six, you're kind of doing a rotation, mm-hmm. home and away. So that would leave you with three games per year among that six? Yes. Yes. So the top votes are this. It's Iowa, then it's Minnesota, then it's Wisconsin, then it's SC, and then it's UCLA. Those are the, uh, the votes that came in for Nebraska. They, they rate Iowa uh, in a pretty much 20-to-1 margin. That has shifted. For me, it was always, you know, I like Wisconsin because they're the, the big red of the Big Ten because of Barry Alvarez, and he made Wisconsin in Nebraska's image, and... Uh, all that, well, Barry's retired, Wisconsin's got fickle, and it's not that they're not going to be physical and run the football, but it isn't going to be two tight ends in, in I formation. They're, 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 they've got an air raid offensive coordinator now, so they're going to modernize. Uh, Wisconsin's going to try to anyway. But things have heated up with Iowa. I mean, it's been chippy. You've had a lot of heartbreak and then absolute jubilee with uh, the win in Iowa City last year with the Hawkeyes having a chance to go to the Big Ten title game. You go uh, outlast them there on their home field and you go party in their uh, their student section or, or at least the, the visitor section, let me rephrase that, the visitor section with the Heroes Trophy. It was, it was emotional. It was really, really cool for all those Nebraska kids to finally beat Iowa uh, for the first time since 2014 with Kenny Bell. So Iowa, no shock. Wisconsin comes in uh, with as the second choice. I don't know, man. I, I, I think Minnesota, second choice is, is Minnesota here. I, I misspoke. It's Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, USC, UCLA. That makes sense. There's a real, this guy's a, a, a screwball type attitude towards P.J. Fleck. 
right? You want to beat the guy because he annoys you. And it really sucks to lose to the guy, but he's been really, really good. Okay, so me and my roommate, uh, assuming that there is a, a pod system, which as you say, you have the, the pod of four, you play uh, all three of those teams, you have three protected mm-hmm. crossovers, and you have three of the six remaining teams you play once every, or twice every four years. Uh, so uh, we, we, we did that system. I'm actually really pro. We have an entire whiteboard in my basement somewhere. I got to go find it where we laid out what makes the most sense. I think it doesn't make much sense actually to put Nebraska in the same pod as Wisconsin and Iowa when you think about it from a TV rating standpoint. I think those are protected rivalries, but I think you do a pod Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois. I think that's the a people p- want. That, that's a pod that makes sense, but then Nebraska gets the protected crossovers of Wisconsin, Iowa, and then probably Minnesota as your third. And you put Nebraska in the pod with USC, UCLA, and then pick a fourth team, maybe Purdue, someone who's not that great. Um because I think from a TV ratings point of view, in terms of like a helmet game, it makes sense to have Nebraska play USC and UCLA every mm-hmm. single year. And you got to have USC and UCLA probably have a protected crossover with one of either Ohio State or Michigan. Again, for TV ratings. No, you need the helmet. Yeah, you need the helmet game for sure. And that's why you, you bring these two in. And I think it makes the most sense with Nebraska not having these long tenured ties to, to certain schools, certain rivalries, that you put them in that pod with USC and UCLA, and then you give them protected crossovers with whoever Nebraska wants, which as we've seen, it would appear to be Wisconsin and Iowa. I think that makes the most sense in my own head. The guy you want to beat and shut up is Fleck. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, the people have spoken. It's Iowa, it's Minnesota, Iowa with the border and rivalry thing, and the way you've lost those games... Okay, Uh, the the fact that I was come in and taking some of your best in state or maybe you didn't think they were your best in state, but damn it, they still played and made big plays in the Nebraska Iowa game. That's a no brainer. UCLA. To me, and I know USC's got more juice. They're they're a big dog. They're a Rose Bowl team. They're they're top five, top ten. They're 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 a better brand football wise than UCLA. But Nebraska's got a ton of history. I mean, you played UCLA for years in the 70s. You played them in, in two different home and homes in the 80s, right? You, you played them a couple of times in, yeah, in, in the uh, 90s. And then you, you also played them when Bo was here, home and away. You went 0-2 against him. But no, UCLA's big time. I, I, I think UCLA, get to me, I would take UCLA over USC. Just because of the history, and it's it's still going to be a helmet game with I, those two brands. I personally think that just from a, a Big Ten leadership point of view, you have to have Nebraska play both of those teams every single year. Okay. Because I, I don't think you want to put those teams in a pod with Michigan or Ohio State, at least as it stands right now. You don't want them to go up against the big dogs right away. Maybe have a – again – USC gets Ohio State. What, you, what, is, what is this crossover. protection you, you speak of you, 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 with the new kid in the in the in the in the conference? That's not supposed to happen. Didn't happen it hasn't in happened in Nebraska. It hasn't happened in Nebraska. But Fed you, to the you do need to have, I think, conference protection with your TV rights. TV, TV rights are now going to be the be all end all of your conferences moving forward. So I think you have to have matchups between USC and the likes of Ohio State, Michigan, Nebraska, Penn State. You can't overdo it. You can't ask Ohio State if they're your national champion favorite uh, yes. or Michigan to go play UC, UCLA and USC. Yes, you can't you, have them in the same pod. You, 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 you get them to play one, 
They'll still have Penn State on the schedule, mm-hmm. right? They'll still have Michigan on the schedule. So you got about three winnable or losable games a year. But that's that's okay. That's how it should be. You should have three or four games that are coin flips every year on your schedule. And you, you build up. The non-conference game was always for Nebraska. They, they would schedule to be showcased, either out on the West Coast, right? Or they'd bring somebody in from, well, back in the day, they, they scheduled a couple of SEC squads, more so South Carolina, just mm-hmm. to, to get some exposure down there in the Florida footprint. Uh, and then the bowl game would, would typically take care of it. And then you, you would have a, a matchup against Texas, and that was taken care of when you merged in the Big 12. Interesting question for you here, though. Do you think moving forward, the Big Ten is going to want to keep Nebraska-Iowa on Black Friday? I hope so. Or do you want to put a bigger helmet game there, and do you put Nebraska up against USC or UCLA on Black Friday, which would then be very interesting with one of those schools coming to Nebraska once every two years. There's too much juice already. The Midwest is, in this footprint of the Big Ten, people are used to Nebraska-Iowa. It's a natural border rival it's had great games or heartbreaking games, depending on who you root for. No, you don't screw with it. Now, what you can do is doubleheader it and and make the uh, 405 battle for Pasadena or L.A. Yeah. Supremacy. Throw them at night. That, that makes sense. That on Black sense. Friday. One thing I will say, you have to have Michigan and Ohio State in the same pod. You have to. Yep. No discussion. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, did you get in line and publicly flog the NBA All-Star Game? Did you watch any no, of it? Uh, I did not watch uh, it. No, I mean, I, I, I watch for the reaction. I want my two minutes of Twitter, Charles Barkley gold. Dude, I, I actually, I watched the draft yesterday briefly, and then I did not watch the game, because the draft is more exciting than the mm-hmm. game. There, there's 184 to 175. Uh, I did not. That, it's, it's the worst all-star game ever. It's garbage. Oh, yeah. Michael Malone, uh, Nuggets head coach. Yeah, he, he lost coached the West mind. after the game. He said, embarrassment. he said that was the worst game of basketball I've ever coached, and I don't think there's any way you can fix it. No. You should, I mean, they, they don't want to be there. They're just there to jack around. And meanwhile, you got Utah that finally gets to host one. I mean, it had been, I don't know if Utah's ever hosted one. But, I mean, thank God we had a dunk contest that was worth a damn this year. But see, I didn't even check. I mean, I, I quit caring about those when. After I, there's no more Dominique, Jordan, or even Kobe. Oh, dude, you got to. Did you watch all Mac McClung's dunks? No, I, I, I know that it was a. I saw the one where he le- leaped over two people to slam it. And then a 540? I mean, he looks like he should be serving you coffee. 
Yeah, he, he gives hope to white hoopers everywhere. It's as simple <laughs> as that. <laughs> I was inspired by that performance. Right. I'm here to fix your computer. <laughs> and also win a dunk contest. And maybe be the wide receivers coach at Nebraska, too. Well, you have Westbrook planning to sign with the Clippers. Do the Clippers know this? <laughs> They're going to lock the door and throw away the key. I don't know. I have, well, maybe I may tune into some playoffs but i really just like tuning into shack and chuck yeah that, the that's, NBA that's good. it that's They're it good. I, that's I will all. say the, the funniest all thing i, I saw was about the uh, the all-star game was this year they, they changed the draft format so that the reserves got picked before the all-star starters so like oh whoever's last pick it's not going to be anything because you're still going to be an all-star starter and someone said um in in david stern's nba they would have had cameras at the house of james harden last year whenever he was picked last just to get the drama and now they're, they're trying to they're trying to to protect all the players like oh we don't want anyone to feel bad being last pick it's the it's all-star not a, game it's not a skill thing we just don't like you yeah <laughs> imagine it's, the drama it is personal if you had had a cut to james harden's house as he's picked last and all the inside the nba guys saying oh he's not healthy now but he will be in a week whenever There's he gets traded five empty bags of chips there <laughs> just done dealing on the couch uh, all, all, all the all-star games are going to hell in a handbasket except the, the mlb all-star game is still you're turning into worthwhile. the old guy in his lawn chair on someone else's yard screaming at the clouds well, the, the, good the, for the, you i'm even, proud of you i finally the, wore you down the the level of care from the athletes has even gone down from my childhood and all these events the pro bowl it was bad whenever I was a kid, but at least it, like the NBA All Star Game, there was some something of watchability when Kobe was playing back in you know the mid two thousands. It was watchable, and now it's just unwatchable. The, the Pro Bowl was unwatchable. The All Star Game for the past two years has been unwatchable. MLB, at least you get real at bats. I'll, I'll give yeah, them that. It's still, it's still for real. You get real at bats. You actually get pitchers. They're only going out there pitching you know fifteen pitches. So they get the most of it. They they, they actually try. I liked it more whenever it still determined who was home field in the World Series. I think I think that's the key with these All-Star games. You have to put something on the line somewhere down the line. If the NBA All-Star game, if the winner got home court advantage, would the players try more? Maybe. Probably not, but maybe. Something needs to be done to fix these All-Star games. They're awful. I have some ideas, but some of it is not legal. So, there you go. All right. We'll uh, talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> we'll talk to you at four tomorrow. Hail Varsity back with you, presented by Currency. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.